Hello everyone, I'm your host Silvia Fortunato and you are listening to Sylvie Talks Soul. On this podcast, you will be able to find a safe and welcoming space where you can learn and listen to my tips and tricks on how to navigate through life with love, sympathy, compassion, harmony, vulnerability, kindness, and last but not least, consciousness. beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Sylvie Talk Soul. I hope all of you are doing wonderfully well. I am doing great. <laughs> Once again, I'm trying to keep my spirits up, you guys. These past few weeks, we've been on lockdown in Poland still, and it's it's very easy to to let yourself down and, and to just to fall into your old ways and, and not see the light at the end of the tunnel. So me personally, I'm doing everything that I can to keep my spirits up, to keep being motivated, you know, trying different stuff, working out, just doing whatever I can to keep my mind and my body in a in a healthy in a healthy space and this is what i wish for you for all of you as well either if you are in lockdown or either if you you know if things just opened up where you are um i'm happy for you <laughs> and just enjoy it you know enjoy the little things because once again these are so so important in order for us to just keep um a healthy a healthy mind so without further ado let me introduce you to my guest for today her name is stephanie minnick she is an emotional wellness and embodiment coach listen this conversation that i had with stephanie i have no words i could be talking with this woman the entire day for hours and hours and hours. She is such a, a beautiful light. She brings an amazing perspective. She shared with us so, so many things, even personal things that, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to, to find words to describe, um, especially things related to, to our trauma. And Stephanie brought this to this episode. So really stick around. You do not want to miss this out. She does an amazing job helping women with grief, with childhood trauma, you know, something that is very, very familiar um, to, to all of us. Expressions like releasing shame, trusting yourself, speaking up, and thriving are just some of the guidelines for the amazing job that Stephanie does. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing today? <laughs> Good. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. First of all, obviously, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for accepting my, um, you know, proposal, <laughs> I guess, to to be in my podcast and to talk a little bit um, about what do you do, about emotional healing, about embodiment, all of that good stuff that it's so essential for us women, uh, especially, I feel like, you know, me coming up to my thirties now, the, these are some, some subjects that I need to, I need to get, to get onto and to hear some more people and especially people like you who work with subjects like this on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's important to, to get this message out there. So how are you today? Tell us, tell us about you. Tell us everything. Don't be shy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so glad that we were able to connect and I'm really excited uh, to be here and just chat with you. I know we had a short session yesterday and that was so much fun. Um, my name is Stephanie Minnick. I am an emotional wellness and embodiment coach, and I help women heal grief related to 
inner child wounds, sexual trauma, and spiritual loss or the loss of loved ones. And I really came into this role through my own personal experiences. Um, I am, you know, I had a lot of abuse in my home growing up. I experienced sexual trauma, you know, that spans probably about 30 years. And I've had a lot of, and I think that, you know, all of, all of those experiences, that pain and, and trauma, you know, has really pushed me onto a more spiritual path. And one of the things that I found really lacking when I started down this journey, probably a good, like 15 years ago or so was, uh, just, you know, modalities and things that could help me heal outside of medication. I did seek out therapy in the beginning. I did try meds. Um, the really frustrating thing is that nobody even asked me what was going on at home. I was in an abusive relationship and I was eating crap and I was filling my body with crap, you know, and no, right. nobody asked me what's going on. They just kind of threw these pills at me and I didn't really feel anything other than numb, you know, from the medication. And, and I really just didn't want to go that route. So I ended up doing, um, I went to massage therapy school just out of high school. And I'm so, so grateful for that for so many reasons. Um, you know, but it put me into the arena with other people that were very much into the healing journey. They were into alternative methods of healing. And it opened my eyes to this world that I had just really, you know, never been exposed to. I'm from, I'm from upstate New York and it's a very, very small, small town community. You know, there weren't a lot of things I was exposed to there. And when I went away to college, um, I was the minority. I didn't know anybody at school, you know, so it was a really good experience for me to just throw myself into diversity and, and be able to learn things and see things from a different perspective. And, you know, I think that because of my history with, with abuse, with sexual trauma, you know, I think that we teach what we need to learn best That's and so providing, you know, providing safe touch for other people. That was something that felt just felt so good to me to be able to do that. You know, I was, I was good at it. I'm still good at it. I've been doing it for 20 years. I love it. And I really love having that space for individuals to be safe in such a vulnerable experience, you know, because I, I don't know if you've ever had massage, but it's a very vulnerable position to be in. Yes. You are taking your clothes off and laying under a sheet with a complete stranger, you know, and, and they're touching you. <laughs> um, so to be able to provide that for other people is it's always been such a blessing, you know, to give them that space one to connect with their body, connect with their breath to understand what it means to be touched in a healthy way. Exactly. In exactly. A loving way, you know, like a caring and nurturing way, because I did not have a lot of that growing up. Um, you know, so to be able to provide that, that for other people, I know how important it is because touch is, it's our first sense. You know, it's, it's one of the most important things that we can receive in life. And too many people are, are not receiving health, healthy touch. They're not receiving safe touch. And especially, you know, people have, I think really honed in on how important that is in the past year of not even being able to see the people that they care and love for, but also not being able to 
safely hug somebody. The the psychological fear, yeah. the aftermath of this that is coming, that I know is coming, is just going to be insane. It's it's devastating to think that people are walking around scared to breathe yeah, the and same to air each other while exactly. you're outside and, and to hug another person. And I wonder like what this is psychologically doing to children to have that, you know, like, oh, I got to stay away. And how do even like parents, um, even, you know, bring that up to children, you know, like, oh, you can't, you can't touch, you know, your, your friends at school. I don't know because I'm not a parent, (laughs) you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends are going through this. Um, I don't envy any of them because I can imagine how incredibly tough it is, but, um, you know, just going back to that, that basic need of having safe touch it is, it's something that, you know, a lot of us have, have lost over the years. We, if we've been in abusive relationships, you know, we equate touch with, with abuse and with negativity. You know, there's a lot of people out there that like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to be touched. I don't do massage. I don't want to do that kind of thing. And I'm just like, Oh, you need it more than anybody. probably. (laughs) You know, because when you build up those walls, around you and you don't want to be touched that says a lot I think about the pain that you carry in your body and believe me we carry it in our body you know and and that was part of the other reason that I ended up you know inevitably on this path was just starting to recognize you know I'm I'm about to be uh 39 this year (laughs) sounds weird to say girl you're Um, young don't worry about it (laughs) It looks good. I'm telling you, you why. do. You do. <laughs> um, and and I don't have kids either, so I sleep <laughs> a little bit more than probably the average person. Um, you know, but but seeing a difference in my health, and you know what it really came down to was I had a job a couple of years ago that I loved, loved the job, not the boss so much. I've had a lot of bosses over the years that didn't love, didn't even like a little bit. And that's always a shame. Some people really like what they do, but they end up just leaving their jobs because of the bosses. Yeah. And I, you know, my body pushed me into that decision. Like I felt like I didn't have a choice because I'd seen the red flags and I just wanted to brush them under the rug because I really, really liked my position. And I, you know, for me, there was a lot of, a lot of ego tied into it. I, it made me feel important. I've always wanted an important job and that was an important job. Um, you know what they were doing as far as helping people, but you know, it came to a point where like my boundaries were being pushed. I was not being respected in my no. And as somebody who has struggled her whole life with being able to speak up for herself and, and actually say no to have somebody push back against that, it got pretty frustrating pretty quickly, you know, because I was trying to be nice about it, <laughs> but I was trying to honor myself first. You know, it's, it's, it's a really always like that. Road. It's like, we, it's we a- always keep putting other people first and we, we even forget about our own feelings and our own boundaries. We do. And that, you know, I remember having a conversation with him and saying like, nobody wants to bend over backwards and help you more than I do. Believe me, because I have thought of every reason to help you. And I also know 
that if I cut into my personal time like that, I'm taking away the things that I need for myself right now, which is gym time and downtime, my own personal time that I deserve, you know? And, um, and I said, like, if I say yes, I'm going to be resentful. I'm going to be bitter. I don't really want to do it. And it took me, it's taken me a good, like 37 years to, (laughs) to figure out 36 years to figure out how to put myself first, to do it in a kind way, because there are a lot of people out there saying yes, when they mean no, and they end up bitter and resentful. And, you know, the bottom line is we have a choice. And, and that's something that, again, because of my sexual trauma, it took me so many years to be able to distinguish between those, like, you have a voice. And, you know, I'll say for anybody listening that I understand what a huge, huge trigger that is to start to implement boundaries in your life and have somebody push them because they definitely will. And that's where you have to hold strong for yourself, you know, and, and, um, it's terrifying. It is terrifying to, and it's hard for someone who's like not even used to ever doing that, you know, putting yourself, I feel like putting yourself out there, no matter what the situation is, is, is always hard. Um, especially Mm -hmm. when you, you're used to behaving in a certain way for so long and then you, you know, you are faced with adversity and you actually fed up with everything. And then you, you know, you get out of your comfort zone and you learn how to say no. You learn how to set your boundaries. And it's, it's, it's always hard. It's, you know, and, and something I learned, I, I was just having this conversation earlier today. Um, I kept getting in these situations with bosses and I was like, what the, what is it about me? <laughs> what is it about me? Like, am I that bad of an employee that I just like always have to have something wrong? You know, like it, it was really an introspective like time for me to really look at my own accountability and be like, what is your problem? Why can't you just get along with people, Stephanie? Why can't you just be grateful for what you have, Stephanie? And this is also some of what he was saying to me, like, look what I've done for you. You should be grateful. You shouldn't be questioning anything about this. Um, And what it came down to was like, I had already worked there for a year and a half and I had started doing some of my own side stuff Mm -hmm. and that didn't pertain to his business, but um, he did not like that. What I took from it was that he did not like my energy being placed elsewhere and he wanted me to sign a 17 page contract that basically wow. binded me to not work in this, a similar type of atmosphere for up to three years after I left. And I was like, no, no, I'm not signing this. And I, I read through all 17 pages. I sat down with my husband. I reached out to a few friends and all of them were like, this is a little bit crazy. Um, so, you know, I brought up, I brought, I didn't think I was going to talk about this today. <laughs> I brought up, brought up my issues with it and he went to town on me and he did the, what are you questioning me for? You're making a mountain out of a molehill. You should be grateful for everything I've done for you. Oh, now you're talking to your friends about this. Oh, wow. you know what I mean? So it like, it was like an out of body experience and I could feel myself like, Girl, I got a temper. Yeah. I got a temper, let me tell you. And it was just like boiling up. And I, I was like, all right, we need to end this conversation now because like 
this, it's not okay. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what my blood pressure was. Um, but that went on, you know, for a little while. We, we did a little dance around that for a little bit until he finally rewrote the contract. And I, I really struggled. Like it threw me into some major, major PTSD panic scenes with my husband. My husband was like, what the hell is going on with you? But you know, looking back, I was having these panic attacks because of everything that he was doing and saying and, and just those feelings. It all had to do with like my ex stuff, ex relationships, where I was abused, Thanks, where I had yeah. promised myself that I'm never going to fucking be in this situation with a man again. And I remember crying to one of my best friends on the phone, just hysterically sobbing. I was like, how the fuck did I get here again? How did I get in this situation again? And you know what it is? It is seeing the red flags and it is people pleasing (laughs) and it's all of that. It's all of that. So after that situation, I signed it. I cried about it. I was like, I, I hoard myself out like for money, you know? And my friend was Mm. like, I think you're being a little bit too hard on yourself, you know? But that was also like a really reflective experience because I was like, I did, this is my trauma response. This is just do it. Just do whatever they want you to, to make them happy and not get hurt. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I had spent a couple of years ago, I had spent a significant amount of time being unemployed two and a half years um, through like a work injury. I didn't get unemployment. It wrecked my credit. It was the rock bottom of my life, you know, so the thought of being unemployed again and not having this important job was just like, I couldn't do that, you know? Yeah. But after this happened with him, my body started reacting in such an insane way. Like I started to get hives around him. So his, there was no HR office. It was just him and his wife. His wife would leave the office around 2.30 each day. And sure enough, I would start like breaking out a little bit because I thought I might have to talk to him. And then, you know, he would like find a reason to text me on my day off and I would get so upset. My body would start breaking out and it got to the point where I just, it happened one day. He was not in the office. I was there by myself, but he texted me and said that he might come in. And within two minutes, my whole neck and chest was like broken out and like this red hides. It looks like, it looked like somebody had thrown like boiling water on me. And I took pictures. I took pictures of this happening. Every time I would have an interaction with him, I took pictures because I was like, am I fucking crazy? Like what is going on here? And that is, that is why I talk yep. to women about not stuffing their emotions down <laughs> because the perfect that, is example. The that, that is the shit that happens. And it might not happen in your twenties or your early thirties, but if you have had a lot of trauma in your life, if you've had a lot of pain and things that you just keep stuffing down, your body is going to react and it might not be hives. It might be something else, you know, and Sometimes you know, it's, just, just, a, it's just a pain, you know. Sometimes we feel we wake up and we get a sudden pain. I don't know, my lower back, my my stomach, yes. my especially in the stomach because it's where your gut is. It's, it's the deepest. Yes. Yep, that's where that's where you feel. You that's feel it where the most. everything. Comes. Exactly. You look at all the people that have 
have IBS and have all of these digestive issues. I mean, uh, outside of the, the crappy food, you know what I mean? Like outside of yeah. food, um, there is a lot to do with stuffing our emotions down. And there, there is all sorts of science out there, you know, that, that validates this. Um, so I, I quit that job, you know, I, I prayed a lot. I meditated a lot around this and I, you know, cause I had been getting these nudges anyway, like mm-hmm. maybe you should have your own business. Maybe you have something to talk about. It's always a little, sure would be nice to... right. Yeah. I don't know about yeah, you, but sure. it's always like the little voice. It's always in the back. Just boring. It's so, it's so true. And honestly, Sylvie, like we drown that out. Like, however we can, we make ourselves so busy. We, um, you know, we medicate, we, we self-medicate with alcohol, you know, all sorts of different things, um, to drown that voice out. And ultimately like it will be heard, it'll be heard. And, and I think that, you know, being able to, hone in on that and, um, and just like make those scary choices. Like I definitely didn't want to listen to that voice, <laughs> but you know, when I saw this happening to my body, I was like, I can't, I can't I can go through this it. again. Yeah. And I, um, because a couple years ago in, in 2016, and, and this was, this was another learning experience about like what not to be putting your body through. Um, I was at a job that I love the job, you know, it, it did not pay me anything. And, um, my employers were horrendous. They were a mental health facility and they are probably some of the worst employers I've ever had in my life. And, um, I ended up, I I had just gotten married in October and a very dear friend of mine, she's like a big sister of mine she passed away on Thanksgiving and I ended up taking some time off to go see her. I, I had to fly out of state to uh, go to her funeral and I found out I was pregnant just before I went while I was down at her funeral. I ended up in the ER and I was down there by myself. My husband wasn't with me. So I was all alone and I ended up having a miscarriage wow. and so much of it, I think, had to do with my bosses because when I had called in to say, hey, they're putting me um, on two-week leave, they're putting me on bed rest and stuff like that, they gave me grief over it. I mean, to the point, like, I just, I lost it on the phone with my boss because I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, I'm, I've got these orders from the doctors, you know, and they're like, well, it's, it doesn't have the time stamp and blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're you're terrible. Like you're the worst. And, and I, I quit that job. Like I had to jump through a bunch of hoops. Um, cause they had like, they used, used vacation money instead of my sick pay and just all of this like ridiculous stuff. And, you know, I had a lot of like pay, like saved up and I knew that I was going to quit. So I was like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this money and then I'm going to quit. And I did. And, um, Soon after that, we relocated. But after that experience, you know, um, I, I've had several miscarriages in the past. My husband is 
an incredible man. I told you yesterday about, you know, our, our special bond, our connection. And we are so fortunate that, you know, we were able to come back to one another and then to have that happen. It was so devastating to me, you know, because I was like, mm-hmm. how, how can something we made not be right? Or like, how could this happen? And I, I did carry a lot of guilt for staying in a job that I hadn't wanted to be in because I didn't like the way they treated me, you know? And I was like, how did you, how did you, how did you like deal with that? Like, I mean, not how did you deal, but for example, emotions and, you know, how hard it is for, for us to set boundaries and how hard it is for us to, to just say no sometimes just something so simple as saying no and like for example what does the what what does the word emotions mean to me like mean to you I'm sorry like when you when you think about it when you think about emotions that comes to your head for me it's just like the the feelings we get in our body because I'm I'm so in tune with my body now it's those feelings that arise. You can tell the difference between it, anger and anxiety and joy and, you know, fear and like all of those things. And for anybody, mm. it, you know, sometimes I hear people say like, oh, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. Listen, all you have to do, like, especially if it's a parent, all you, you need to healing. do is tell them, <laughs> tell them to sit there and imagine something bad happening to their child. Imagine somebody taking your child or harming your child. That feeling that you have in your gut and that like feeling that comes up and ignites in your body, those are emotions. Those are like everybody's got it and you can tune into it. Um, you know, it, yeah, getting, some, some people, people really think that ignoring them makes them stronger right like if I don't tap into my emotions or if I don't show my emotions it means that I'm strong it means that I carry myself in a in a more rational way even you know it means that I am able to deal with certain matters without involving my emotions and that's not healthy you know and I I think it's 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 so important for for people like you to to voice the importance of expressing yourself, the importance of, you know, really um, letting just these emotions run through and out of you. You know, I, I think that um, as women, we are, we're taught from such a young age to, to be quiet, to be nice, to be pretty, to not talk back, to respect authority, like all, all of those things, those are all things so I knew, true. you know, when I was growing up. Um, and it, oh God, there, there's so many ways that, you know, we are, um, silenced on, on a lot of levels. And I think that so many women like sit in that fear of like having their own voice of speaking up when they do, you know, think something. And, and it honestly, like, it really wasn't until, you know, the end of, of that job that I got thinking, like, I think I have something to say, like, I've lived a crazy ass life. I have been through some shit. I've been through some shit and I'm not mean and I'm not bitter and I'm doing good things. And I know that I cannot be (laughs) the only woman that like wants something other than medication, um, to numb everything or, you know, I'm, I'm not the only woman that, 
that has been through these things. I mean, my gosh, like miscarriages alone, like so many women have experienced that. So many women have experienced the loss of a friend. I mean, everybody at this point knows somebody probably who has cancer or, you know what I mean? Or has had an issue with addiction, especially heroin. Um, There's a lot of things going on in our world right now that bring pain, that bring grief. And it's not always, it isn't easy to talk about those things, but there are a lot of people just really suffering in silence and, and they think that like, they're the only person that grew up with a really shitty parent or shitty home life, or, you know, they're in a relationship. Like I was, I was in a relationship for a lot of years that he didn't hit me. He didn't hit me. And that's what he said to me. I don't hit you. What's your fucking problem? But he was sexually traumatizing me. He was raping me. He was forcing me to do things that I didn't want to do. If I cried about it, he got worse. You know what I mean? So like that experience alone taught me to not, don't cry. Don't cry. Because if you cry, he's going to enjoy that. And you're going to get hurt even more. So just stuff it down. Just shut up. Stop making noise and just get through it. You know, and rape within uh, relationships was not talked about in those days. Um, It's still something a lot of people don't really talk about. Um, Intimate partner violence, that hashtag doesn't have a whole lot, you know what I mean, on on Instagram. Um, And there are women thinking the same thing that I was thinking. Well, he doesn't hit me. He doesn't hit me and it must not be and, that bad. Yeah. God, like that. And it just, <clears throat> it is such a lonely, lonely place to be. You know, when I was in that situation, there was no Facebook, there was no text messaging. I was alone. I was alone for years and I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed because it was like, why would you let somebody do these things to you? Like, so you're definitely not going to tell anybody. I mean, my best friends didn't know for years until like after after I'd left him, you know, um, and, and then the grief that comes with losing somebody, you know, unless you have been through your own sort of tragedy, you just, you can't totally get it and you won't until you go through it, you know, and, um, it is a really, really lonely feeling. And, you know, when my dad passed, he passed 11 years ago now, um, And that really kind of like also threw me into, you know, my spiritual journey because, um, when he died, I was given his, uh, his timepiece and I set it, you know, and it was still working little clock. I set it up on my mantle and I could hear it clicking, 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 you know, ticking away. And it really just kind of hit me that like, he, he was 60. My father was 60 years old when he died, which, you know, by any stretch of the imagination is not old. I'm 30 eight. So my God, like to think, to think that I could only have, you know, 20, 30 more years with my husband. Um, it really kind of threw me into a panic of like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You are drinking, you're stuffing it down. You're grieving over this person who treated you like dirt, you know? Um, just having like no boundaries in my relationships. I was up hot mess. <laughs> like I really was a hot mess. Um, you were in pain. I, I was you in know, a, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I feel like 
you know, whenever we we look back and we realize the, the type of things that we did in the past and the type of behaviors that we used to have and how we used to react to certain mm -hmm. things. Um, now that we have a, a more clear understanding and also enrolling on either whatever you you like, is it like a spiritual path or just personal development or even just understanding your own emotions, you start realizing that, oh my goodness, what was I doing in the past? Like, why was I having those behaviors? Like, wh what? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I look at me in the past and I don't even recognize that person. And I, oh, yes. although I have good memories... <laughs> Although I have good memories of her, I'm like, okay, you you did good, but you stay back there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I you know I think there's that meme that's like, um, you know, like don't be embarrassed or or whatever because like being able to look back and see how you grew, you know, it's I am I'm a freaking miracle. Like by any statistic standards, like I shouldn't even be here by now. You know, I definitely shouldn't, um, and I certainly shouldn't be happy, and I certainly shouldn't be healthy, you know, but I am, and um, it, yeah, I I feel a lot of sadness for the girl that I used to be. Like, there's definitely that, like, oh, a little bit of embarrassment, um, but more just sadness. Yeah. Like, I, I really was self-medicating, self-harming, and, and all of the situations that I was getting in it's because I didn't know how to speak up. And there's there's no day that you just like wake up one day and you got the gift of being able to speak up. No, it no. is a choice. <laughs> no. It's a choice. It's a choice <laughs> to push through that energy, that fear, that terrifying, crippling fear of using your voice, you know? And, and I think, um, I'm very, I'm very into, you know, witchy stuff and, and stuff like that. And I've read things about, you know, if in a past life you, you were a witch, you know, you were born to the stake, like using your voice can be terrifying. And I think about the things I do in this life time, I'm into herbs and spirituality and I am, I'm a healer. That's what I do. And in past lifetimes, those were the women that got burned at the stake. You know what I mean? For, for daring yeah. to be themselves and to help people in a different way. So I think that that, that fear of speaking up, it, there's so many, so many ways that, um, it, it holds us back for every woman out there, you know, um, yeah, she has different absolutely. experiences and has a different, you know, past life stuff. So just knowing that, um, it, it gives me more courage to, to speak up and, you know, you'll find that like when you start doing it, it's a little bit, there's less. no way back. It's a little, <laughs> so true. There's no way it's back. It's a little less there's terrifying no way back. and my God, like I will never go back into that box again. I don't give a shit if you're uncomfortable about what I'm speaking about, because I know that the things that I'm talking about need to be talked about, you know, because they're addressed. Exactly. There are women out there just like. I was like cutting themselves, drinking themselves into like all sorts of bad situations, uh, you know, just trying to numb and get through it. But like, that is not the way. And as somebody who spent, you know, 15, 20 years trying to drink through it and be strong and, oh, I've got this, I can just achieve, 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 you know, kind of thing. And it's, it's not the way to do it. Like, Sitting down and unpacking yeah. your 
your pain. Your you really got to do it. There's, there's no way there. Yeah. There's no way around, around it. I was just about to ask you, um, because you work mostly with women, right? Mm-hmm. And when they come forward, um, to speak about their traumas or to even start beginning to heal their traumas, what are the fears like from those women, you know, from the, from those women, when they come to you and they ask you for help, what, what do you think that, that, that first fear is? Is it like they're afraid of what their family are going to say? They're just afraid to face what is behind them. Um, that is that one of one of there's quite a few things and you definitely like hit the nail on the head. I would, I would say that there is, there's a guilt. There's that guilt of even dare question their parents because you respect your elders, right? Like kind of thing. There's definitely that guilt there and that fear, that fear of hurting their parents. Um, there's that, I don't know. I don't think it was that bad. I don't, I don't think it was that bad. You know, I've heard that a lot of times, you know, I had a client that she didn't think it was that bad because the bone wasn't broken, you know? And, and that's like, wow. where's the limit? Like that's, that's, yeah. There's like, there's, we tell these stories, you know, and, and you just think like, Oh, my mind isn't that bad or just admitting it. You know, the other part of this is that there are women that, um, and I, I, I was one of them. Um, you think I'm smarter than that. I don't, I don't get in relationships like that. I don't let that type of stuff happen to me as if there's an education level that the, you know what I mean? Like as if, yeah, I mean, my yeah. goodness, like some of like, it's something you can apply yes. to be in. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I, I found myself saying that a couple of years ago, like I thought I was smarter than this, you know, and it's not about that. It's not about how smart you are. Um, a lot of it comes down to, to boundaries. And, you know, the other part of the healing journey that a lot of people don't really talk about is when you start implementing boundaries in your life, you're going to lose a job or you're, you're going to lose a friend or you're going to lose you are going I think a job is like the, the least, least of the, it, yeah. the smallest thing that you're going to, um, yeah. But <laughs> you are going to, you're going to outgrow people. Like the more that you level up and the growth that you grow, go this through, so true. there are things that, my God, like I dealt with seven months ago, eight months ago, that first interview you saw that I wouldn't deal with now. There are things that had happened a year ago that now I'm like, no, no. I just don't care anymore. Like I'm not going to direct my energy there. Um, so there's definitely like friendships. I would say that you outgrow, you know, I didn't know when I was younger that you would outgrow so many relationships if you're on this journey. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the more sadder aspects is, you know, we inevitably like meet these women we want to be friends with like forever. And and I remember those chapters of ladies in my life that I just, they were my family and I could not even imagine living my life without them. And I haven't spoken to them in 10 years. And those relationships got destroyed because of my trauma, my inability to communicate, my inability to be real because I was just embroiled in so much pain. And I wish 
You didn't know how no, to. And, and yeah. I wish that I'd had better communication skills. So I could have sat down with them and said like, Hey, I don't really want to do this. I don't think this is right kind of thing. And then if the friendship wasn't going to survive, okay, then, you know, but not, I wish that a lot of my relationships had not ended the way that, that they did. And that's something I would tell anybody that's really walking into this and starting to unpack some things, you know, the other, the other leg of that, that's incredibly difficult is family stuff. There are, Oh my goodness. You know, once you start peeling back some stuff, you don't know what you're going to find. And people that you might've thought were like really in your corner, things might look a lot different now as an adult. You know what I mean? Like I think about the way I thought about people when I was a child and now as a grown woman, I just think like, no, that's not okay. It's not okay. You know? And, and it is really sad, but you have to think about, you know, I really ultimately think about like what kind of energy I want in the relationships in my life. And like we were talking yesterday, you know, there are just some people that are completely unwilling to, to see the pain and their energy, you know, in, in their relationships. And, um, I don't think we have to be progressing and growing and leveling and spiritually up all the time. But I think that that is a large majority of what life is about. And some people are just not even like remotely interested in that. Nothing. And you can, Nothing. girl, you can just like drain yourself dry trying to, <laughs> trying to get other people, uh, trying to help them, trying to help them. And I, you know, we chatted about this yesterday. Like I've got another 10 years on you of, of doing that. And that's why I can say this now confidently that like we make our own choices. And like one of the toughest choices you're going to make in your life is like who you're allowing in your life and their energy. And it does not matter whether or not they're family, you know, it's, I know that that sounds drastic to probably people that have, have really close family members. And I, I can Girl, you speaking to my heart right now. <laughs> it's like it was like straight bullet. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Please, please do it cuz I sure I sure need to need to hear it cuz it's just like you're saying, you know, it's it's too much energy and as much as we want to keep going because it's family, we maybe if it was just a friend or an acquaintance or just somebody else, we probably wouldn't do, you know, half of the effort to try and help them and trying to see things. But because it's family and because we care so much about them and because we want them around and we, we want them to carry the same energy that we carry, um, we get lost, you know, and, and we don't have boundaries and we allow them to bring the, sometimes their negativity onto us and their problems onto us. And like you just said, no matter how hard we try to to show them, you know, the other door the that leads to, you know, peaceful and calm life, they don't they don't want to go there because they just so stuck in their in their own ways and in their system and most importantly in their pain, their it, own pain. It's, uh, yeah. And it, it, it's just hard for them to see to see it, it. And it is it is really heartbreaking. I have not, you know, cut people off or cut people out of my life without an immense amount of heartache. And, and I can tell you, you know, as somebody who has lost a parent 
as somebody who has lost a sibling. You know, my brother died um, three and a half years ago, and it was one of the worst chapters of my life. It was the hardest grief and guilt that I have ever waded through, and I felt completely alone in it. You know, so choosing to lessen any contact I had with my sister and my mom and, you know, afterwards and um, at this point, like, maybe even my aunt, like, believe me, like, I have thought about it over and over and over about why not to do it because they're a family. But at the same time, like, I have just put up with, like, so much pain, so much pain, and nobody deserves to be treated um, I feel like in the ways I have been treated in, in those really with my mom and, and my sister and, um, it, especially with my dad and my brother being gone, I thought that I thought my sister and I would become closer. I thought that our relationship would be stronger and it's not. And, and it's it because I finally no. put my foot down and it was the hardest thing I had to do. And she pretty much stopped talking to me after that. And it was me sticking up for myself saying, you will not hold me hostage any longer. You are not allowed to keep me hostage because you're angry that I had to live my life in this way, you know? Um, and we let people do that. Like we hand over our power to people and let them keep us. We totally in this, do. In this we box. totally do. I don't know. I don't know about you, but actually I wanted to, to ask you if this, this happened to, to you because you, um, I don't know if you mentioned yet, but you, I know you mentioned yesterday that you have an amazing husband and, um, a part of the reason of why we really can't let family go like that is because sometimes we get this fear of being lonely or we get this fear of, you know, that's that's the only people that I have or it's, you know, friends come and go, you know, lovers come and go, but family is for life. And we, most of the times we get this fear that, okay, well, if I cut them off, I'm, you know, who do I have? Like, who do I turn? Like, you know, if something happens, you know, if, I don't know, if I get in an accident at three o'clock in the morning, you know, I don't know about you, but I call my mom. (laughs) I call my mother. And it's like, if, Putting, like like I was just saying, cutting people off like that, um, it's the right thing to do. And it's also very scary because it's that fear of being completely alone. And I don't want to say that, for example, you have, like you said, you have your lovely husband. And for example, do you think that trusting the universe in that capacity of, okay, I'm going to do what's best for me. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to set my boundaries, not in hopes, because I don't like to say this expression, but if we do that, it's like giving it to the universe to turn around and bring us what we actually need. And and that is love from other people. And that is, you know, do you, do you think that's, that's how I, it works? <laughs> I think that you just, I really appreciate the way that you worded that. And it is, it is a surrendering process. And I also think, you know, a lot of people tell me, Oh, you're so strong. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a mom to call to guide me yeah. or, you know, 
I've gotten here now by my own sheer determination and my belief that my life does not have to be like my family's. I did not have a mother encouraging me along my way. I had mother and sister that were just jealous and did not want to praise anything I've ever done in my life. Um, so any achievement I've had has come at the price of like knowing that they're going to be side glancing me and just like having something to say about it. Um, but not having other people to lean on, you lean into yourself. Finally, you lean into yourself. When you cut away dead weight, you lean into yourself. And that is really like, that is such a huge part of, of your spiritual journey of your healing journey is pulling up your own strength, like figuring out what it is that you're made of when you don't have somebody to call, when you, when you don't have anybody to rely on, when you don't have that net. Um, and I, I will also add, I have been fortunate with, um, some very good friends in my life. You know, a lot of the girls that are, that are still in my circle that I still talk to on a weekly basis, they've been my friends my whole life. They have seen my progression what I went through at home and now, you know, how I live. Um, I can also say that having a wonderful husband <clears throat> has made that, that situation a little because he loves me and he encourages me, but I didn't get him by, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get him by, um, uh, God, how do I, how do I word this? I, I made some huge, huge sacrifices to find him again and, and allowing myself to be vulnerable again. Cause right before he came back in my life, I was like, I'm done. I'm fucking done with any type <laughs> of man out there. Like I'm just, I'm going to grad school. I'm going to have my career and I'll just have a lot of money in my life and fine. I'll travel, you know, like, um, it was yeah. really difficult to be so, so vulnerable with somebody, um, because of the things that I've been through, because I have always been like, I don't have anybody and I don't need anybody. I can do everything on my own. And that's true, but I can tell you God, but, what yeah. a, what <laughs> a beautiful thing to finally recognize that I don't have to do everything on my own. And that when I am having a meltdown or panic attack or whatever, you know, he is just going to like, yeah, yeah. that is, that is the, it. and you can't, you cannot find those people that are meant for you. If you keep hanging on to the people that are bad to you, like you, Amen. <laughs> because they don't, you know, the, the good Amen. people like don't have the space to get into your life because it's cluttered. Like, just think about it like an apartment or I like to tell my clients, like, imagine you're traveling and you start out with, you know, your summer backpack, but then you fly somewhere cold and you have to pick up some more stuff. And then you reroute here and you got to pick up some more stuff. And like, eventually girl, you got to stop and put some bags down. You have to stop, go through your shit. You have to reinvestigate what it is that you really, really, really need. Um, I've traveled a little bit. So like that, you know, like that metaphor has always helped me because like, <laughs> believe me, you don't want to be like carrying 18 bags, trying to get to your flight. That's about to take off. You know what I mean? You have got to figure out what you need and what you don't. And 
And to some people that sounds really harsh and I get it. Like if you're not there yet, but I can tell you that some of the best thing I've, some of the best things I've ever done for myself have been letting go of the toxic people. And believe me, I loved these people or I, I cared for them and what I thought to be love at that point. You know, I did not want to walk away from them. Yeah. Even the people that were abusive to me, the man that was abusive to me, I did not want to leave him. I didn't, which sounds insane, but I just got so fed up with somebody treating me and the way that he treated me. He was cruel and nasty to me. And, you know, I held a lot of anger over him for a long time. Um, but I remember the day that he finally, you know, I left him and then he moved and, and I remember saying goodbye to him in the parking lot and he was crying. And like, when I drove away that day, whew, Oh my God. Like the weight that lifted off of me the freedom. Um, and, and you can't, people can't understand what I'm saying unless they've done it and you won't get it until you do it. And I know that it's terrifying, you know, but if, but if you feel like <laughs> you have to do that in a relationship, there's a reason. And maybe you don't go cold Turkey and never talk to them again, but maybe you lessen their, their, your communication with them. Maybe you don't always pick up the phone for them. Um, you know, they're, I'm a yeah. firm believer that we all have somebody That's... in our path or like somebody in our life that we can turn to, you know, if, even though it feels like that's not true. I know that yeah, that's not true. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know. I know what you're saying. Um, you know, it's, it, like you said, it's, it's just tough to, to let go. Um, and to just completely, but at the same time, I feel like it's, I'm not really being, I'm going to get real okay. personal right now. Um, <laughs> I just feel like sometimes I'm not being truth to myself to the fullest because I preach all of these things and I try to be as, you know, comfortable and I try to have my boundaries and I try to live a conscious life and do uh, everything to live my day in the highest vibration that I can. And at the same time, I'm breaking everything by keeping um, some of some of the people around me that completely drain my energy to a point where I just disregard it because it, it became so normal that even before I pick up the phone, I have to sit on my corner and realize, okay, this is the corner where the energy is going to go down. So that's where we're going to go, you know? And it's like, I, it's like I get out of my body and I see myself doing it, you know, and it's just stronger than me. And I also know that just realizing and having this conscious um, thought, it's halfway through it. It's, it's because nothing comes to your mind for no reason. If you think about it, if you repeatedly think about it, if, if it's something that does not leave your mind, keeps coming up <laughs> if it's something that again. keeps you up at yes. night, yes. And that's, you, know, you know, I love that you yeah. shared that and I really appreciate it. And my heart goes out to you because, you know, the jobs, the friends, yada, 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 like all of that stuff it stems from our family. Like that's where it begins and that's where it ends. And once you end it there, once you decide I'm not going to put up 
with this, even though you are my family, that's when like, you're not going to put up with shit in, every, in other relationships either. Because if you can, you yeah. know, if, if you can say in those relationships to the people that have like taught you what love is for you and taught you all of those dynamics of relationships, if you can say like, this doesn't feel good anymore. I don't want to do this. That is a fucking huge game changer and it's scary and, and you can do it, you know, little by little, but believe me, like those nudges will get more consistent. The voice will get louder and something will happen. You know, I, I, I'm a huge believer in astrology that has been such a beautiful component to my healing and my spiritual journey. And, you know, it has really validated a lot of my choices. It's helped me recognize that like, yes, you are doing the right thing. You're on the right path. And, you know, sometimes like we get put in the same situation over and over the same relationship. You're dating the same person over and over because the universe wants you to do something different. Hello. Like (laughs) you've got to break that cycle. You have got to like make that change and either speak up for yourself or leave or, you know, whatever it is. Um, the opportunity is presenting itself over and over and over and over. And even when you make the choice, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done with this. The universe is then going to send you a few tests. I swear to God, like everything that is holy, you know, when you say like, this is who I am now, the universe is going to be like, is it, can we trick you or can we, you know, I mean, when I was, when I decided I was like done with guys, um, I had a few, few come my way and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think that's what the universe meant for me. Cause I made a list. I, my girlfriends were telling, they were like, make a list of what you want. I was like, you're crazy. But it's not crazy. It's manifestation. It's spell, yes. spelling, writing down the things that you want. I know this to be true. And I wrote down what I wanted in a partner. And sure as shit, I had a few guys come my way. And I was like, nope. And I had a friend that was like, well, you're really just going to not talk to him because of, you know, your list. And I was like, yep. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> and, and that's how, you know, my husband and I reconnected and it, I'm telling you, it was not until I get my shit straight. I went to therapy and, um, I, I had been in therapy for a while, like probably eight months or so. And I was just really like the first thing I said to her when I went in there was, um, the common denominator here is me. Like I keep having these total shithead boyfriends. I have these really terrible bosses. I have these experiences. So like, what the F is wrong with me? You know, like, why do I keep attracting this? And it's just like, there's bad people everywhere. There's bad people everywhere. Like you have to look at the red flags and you have to honor what your true self wants. And if you don't, you know, it's a form of self abandonment and we all do it. It is because we're scared. We're, we're scared to speak up or we don't want to be alone or any of those things, but like you have to be accountable in, in that, in, in that, you know, because if you're not, you're never going to make changes. And it took me putting myself in a situation that was like, why the fuck do I keep doing this? Why do I keep, you know, getting in this situation and how can I make it change? How can I make it different? You know? And, um, for me, just like, God, if a guy had like a work on me sign or just something like some kind of addiction or just was, 
a bad boy or whatever. Believe me. I was like, oh, let me see if I can fix him. Let me fix him right up. Fix it. Let yep. me fix it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I had to get real about the fact that, like, I needed to fix my damn self. I needed to <laughs> fix my damn self. Um, so I started working on that because once you stop expending that energy on all these other people that you're trying to fix and you're trying to help and all of that, you can put that energy towards fixing and helping your damn self. And, you know, I, I did that for a while and the craziest thing, my husband just like popped back up into my life. We, we had hung out with the same group of people. We were in the same house throughout the week. And just missed each other by minutes for two years. Two years. We were we ended wow. up both back in our hometown, hanging out with the same group of people. He was best friends with my best friend's roommate. And I had no idea. Because I was just going through all of this shit. Yeah. It wasn't time. It yeah. wasn't the right and time. It wasn't the right time yet. You know, you, you can, like, you can make different choices just because you've grown up a certain way just because you've had the same asshole boyfriend or the same asshole boss, or, you know, we all have a voice. And the only way that you learn to use your voice is by using it and, and trusting that. And each time that you use it, like knowing that you are healing a part of your past, you know, that, that person that might not have been able to speak up when she was being, sexually traumatized that child that might not have been able to speak up in their home. Um, that person that might not have been able to speak up around the grief, you know, of losing somebody. Um, there's so many ways that we can make positive changes and, and it's just like doing something a little bit different. You know, my husband, my husband yeah. is like a khaki wearing Catholic boy who games. And that is, not at all the type of boy that I used to date. Let me tell you, <laughs> like his mother loves me. <laughs> um, you know, and, and when we reconnected, I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it was just like this crush that I had in high school, but I was like, you know what, Stephanie, these guys that you like, yeah. Like these guys that you like, they're not, they're not, they're not doing anything good for your life. So maybe, Maybe make a change. Maybe give somebody a chance, you know, that you normally wouldn't wouldn't talk to, or just treat yourself in a way that like feels foreign, in a good way that feels foreign. Treat yourself like a friend that you want to take care of. You know, we get so busy taking care of other people and all the time. Yeah. All the time. We damn forget to time. take care of ourselves. All the time. It, I uh, I didn't know what it really meant to take care of myself until last year, until COVID, until I finally had the chance to stop doing all the things and being all the things and finally be like, what do you want to do? Cause you got the time now <laughs> and focus on <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> if um, there's anything you got now, yeah, it's time. <laughs> and, and so meditation, my gosh, like I've gotten into meditating and believe me, I used to be one of those people that's like, I can't fucking meditate. I don't have time for that bullshit. I don't like it. My mind wanders. Of course. It every day. <laughs> I hear it every single um, day. Every day. That's not for me. I cannot 
think about something. I'm like, that's not even what it's, meditation is. See, there's that higher voice that's like, give it a try, yeah. give it a try. You know what helped me was I just, man, get on YouTube and search different meditations. I, I listen to these things called like binaural beats. They got me like crying during my meditation. And it just, sometimes it's like a nature-like sound. Um, I I've done sound healing before that has been beautiful. It's, it's incredible what can happen just listening to different vibrations, like the tears that will come up and it's, it's your body releasing those things. Um, you know, I, I make it a point to try to move somehow every day, like whether it's go for a walk, lift some weights, um, you know, whatever it is, I have like a row machine. I bought a row machine because of COVID. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know if I can go back to the gym. Like I got to do something because, you know, diet, diet and exercise. This goes on the, on the list of, of, <laughs> of things that people bought right. during quarantine. <laughs> Stephanie got a row machine, y'all. What did y'all get? <laughs> that was like the best investment I made, but you know, our mental health, our emotional wellness, and, and this goes into like ties directly into what I do embodiment. So many trauma survivors, um, chronic stress, all of that, you know, we dissociate, we leave our body, especially, especially during sexual trauma and grief, just the grief of losing somebody. You're in this tremendous shock, you know, and we, leave our body. So one of the most important things that we can do in our healing process is utilize tools and, and modalities that bring us back home into our skin. So we feel safe. And that's, um, you know, massage, like I said, I've, I've done that for 20 years and that's something that helps bring people back in. Um, for me, that's been a huge, just a huge tool, you know, for my healing. Um, I've, no, I have to go get a massage. Go. Have you ever had a massage? <laughs> oh, I have, but it's been yeah, so I, long. Now I want to go yeah. get one. Well, go get one. It'll it'll make <laughs> you feel so good. Um, you know, exercise exercise really helps to keep me sane. It helps me focus. It helps me feel empowered, and it helps me deal with shitty ass emotions. Like just because I'm, you know, happy, lucky, go a sunshine person, like. Believe me, yeah. I have got some demons and I don't like, so I like, I figure out a way to deal with them. You know, that, that anger, the frustration, the triggers, um, yeah, exercise diet has been a huge thing for me. I don't like to word, use the word diet, but like nourishment, I'll say nourishment because the number go. one thing that you can do every single day to improve your mental health is what you put in your mouth. And I don't care if somebody doesn't like that. It is true. It is true. Um, and if you don't believe me, I dare you. I dare you to cut out gluten. I dare you to cut down on dairy and eat fruits and so vegetables, you know, with some protein because. Yeah. And even those, we have to like, be careful where yes. we buy them because Everything oh. is processed these days. We don't. We don't even know. It's, like, it's you're you're totally right. Like the, the the type of food that we eat these days have such a they play a big big part on everything. Our mental health, physical health, spiritual health, like every every everything. And it's 
crazy that some people do not believe that and they just keep doing what they're doing and eating what they're eating. Like, I'm not shaming anybody, um, but meat. Mm. <laughs> if you eat meat, if you, th- that's the thing. Like, like I said, I sometimes still eat meat. I'm not that type of person, but I don't, how do I say it? If I'm going to eat meat, I want to eat good meat. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to eat a burger from McDonald's oh, yeah, type of yeah. meat, you know? <laughs> exactly. But the these are just events that I do from time to time. It's not, it's not on my daily diet. But everything else, like sugar, for example, like everything that is processed these days, you have to be very careful what you put in your body because that is energy that you're putting inside Boom. of you. There and you go. It, that is, <laughs> and it's so right. And it's like it's for us. You you see how for us it's so clear. Like we're having this conversation, and we are touching all of these subjects, and it feels that everything is just so clear for both of us, and I'm sure for so many people that are going to to listen to us. And it's crazy that you know, we go out and we talk to a person, and we talk to a friend, or we go to the grocery store, and we you know, bump into a person and we ended up having a conversation. And it's so crazy that people don't see it. It's even you know, more, like people don't really it, realize it. It's even it. more frustrating the people that fight back and tell you that you're shaming them. Because let me tell you something, trying to educate you is not shaming you. And you can be mad all day long, but gluten is not doing you any favors, you know? Like, and I... <laughs> Again, I can say these things as someone who used to eat a loaf of French bread with my sister with butter slathered on it and bacon on the side to not feel my emotions. You know what I mean? Like when I, in 2013, like that was my life. I ping pong between being sober and drinking and eating and eating French bread and bacon and just like eating all the things because I was just trying to get by. Like I I was just trying to get by in my life. I get it. Um, I grew up on a really, really unhealthy food. You know, it's not about shaming people. If you have, I don't know if you know about ACE scores, but adverse childhood experiences, there is this study. And if the more ACE scores you have, the higher your score is, the higher your risk for diseases like high blood pressure, um, diabetes, stroke, depression, all of those things. All of those things have in common inflammation, inflammation. So chronic stress and what also exacerbates that food. If you are eating processed food, hydrogenated oils and stuff that you can't even pronounce, you don't even know what it is. There's tons of chemicals that is not doing your body any favor. And believe me with, you know, you see autoimmune diseases and all that kind of stuff creeping up the IBS and and digestive issues. There is a correlation, you know, between what you're eating. And, and if you don't believe that, then stop eating all of that box stuff for just a little bit, because, you know, I stopped eating gluten probably about two years ago. And, and let me tell you, I still, Every once in a while, I'm like, God damn it, I just want some bread. So I have it and I regret it. I can't even enjoy it anymore. I had a donut a couple weeks ago. I walk by these donuts every single Tuesday. Two Tuesdays ago, I was like, I'm getting a damn donut today. (laughs) I ate the donut 
And within like 15 minutes, I was so like, it, it felt, it felt like anxiety. And here's the thing that people don't know because they won't just lay off it for enough time. It's a food sensitivity. Like your body is sensitive to that energy, to all of that sugar. And if you would stop consuming so much of it, you would be able to see the difference in your body. And a lot of people think, oh, I have anxiety. Were you drinking four cups of coffee with a bunch of sugar? And you know what I mean? (laughs) Of course you have anxiety. And I know this because I used to drink caffeine and think it was anxiety. It's food sensitivities. Um, Same with gluten. I noticed that, you know, I've had back issues for years and, um, you know, because of massage and, and a lot of other things, but I now recognize that a huge contributor to the pain in my joints and my back, <sighs> gluten, and there is tons of research out there. And if you don't want to read the research, just stop eating bread. You know, you might try to sell your husband the first week, like on the side of the road for a loaf of bread. Cause that's how I felt. I was <laughs> insane. But after that, the brain fog goes away. The lethargic feeling goes away. So you don't have to drink a shitload of coffee in the morning. Like there are so many things that are different. Like once I've cut out gluten, um, as far as menstruation, holy hell, no cramps, no breast tenderness, little TMI, but like no clots, you know, and there are women out there that suffer with this every month that I'm telling you, cut out the gluten and see how it affects your body. It's the damn, you food. know, and, and it's that's something that food. we do every day. You know, and we don't even notice sometimes. And but that like food is a conversation that I just stop having with a lot of people because it's like I really did because it's it's like you you can sit down and open your computer and show them all of this information and they still have something to say to back up whatever they think that is against whatever you are saying. So it's just like food, it's it's a personal like everything in life, it's a personal choice. But I feel like food, especially, has it's it's such a um, has such a big, like marketing almost um, connotation. I don't think that I don't know if that if that's the the correct word, but I think it, food and marketing and diet and diets, especially, you know, you see the word diet um, lose, you know, I don't know how many calories a day by just eating this, or this food does not contain this, this food does not contain that. It's like a whole bunch of marketing just to make you eat that stuff. And at the end of the day, it's only a handful of things that you can eat that really does not contain chemicals and anything that it's bad for your body. Like I was saying, like even fruits and vegetables these days, if you go and you try to do a little bit of research on how those things are harvested, you know, it's it's sad. I mean, it's not sad, but, you know, you, you go and you you do your research about the studies and about the radiation and about everything that is going on in the atmosphere. And this, you know, comes back to the food that you, you know, you're trying to grow from the earth. So, you know what I'm saying? So like these days it's really, really hard to have conversation about food with people because like I said, it's only a handful of things that we can actually eat that we know that it it's not going to do us any harm. But unfortunately, or fortunately, some good, some foods are going to do us less worse than others. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And you know, for me, it's for me personally. Um, 
I don't care how many calories are in something. <laughs> it's about like what it's made up of, you know, like I, eat an, I like an avocado almost every day. I eat walnuts all the time. It's tons of fat, but it's healthy fat. It's different than having a big Mac. And you know, if you want to eat fast food, you go for it. But if you don't understand like the economic impact, the environmental impact of those things and really what it does to your body, then you should probably investigate that a little bit because even though you're paying however much it is, a dollar or two, you're going to pay for it later. You are going to pay for it later. And I understand, um, I grew up poor. I spent two and a half years unemployed. I was on food stamps. It was mortifying. And there are ways that you can get around and that you can make healthier choices. Um, you're going to be eating less Absolutely. because you're going to be eating stuff that's more sustainable, you know, for your body. It's going to satiate you in a different way. And, you know, I, um, I, I drink like a lot of smoothies. I do a lot of protein powders because I don't like a lot of meat, but I do try to get my meat either from a farmer or from like the organic store because I want to know that one environmentally they are practicing, you know, healthier things for the earth and, and also for the animals. Um, I try to go, you know, to the farmer's market and stuff whenever I can. I eat a lot of produce. I do a lot of hands-on stuff with my food. I spend an hour at least, at least every day, you know, making our food because to me, that's going in my body. I, I want to have a relationship yeah. with that. We have, we have lost touch with the earth. We've lost touch with each other. I mean, literally and figuratively, you know, we have lost touch with so many of these practices that bring us emotional wellness and bring us embodiment that bring us back into, um, the only home that we are truly ever going to have while we're here, you know, and, and there are a lot of little choices you can make every day. My God, like drink water, drink. I mean, that sounds insane, but like there are people that just like, don't even think about drinking water. And I try to drink, I try to drink like a hundred ounces every day because it's going to cut down on brain fog. It's going to hydrate your cells. Like why do you think my skin is, my skin is good because I drink a lot of water. Um, you know, there's, so yeah, like, like the, the eating and the exercising, you know, moving your body. If you've experienced trauma and you've stuffed down your emotions for years, trying to make other people happy, that is sitting in your body. It's sitting in your organs you know, so making sure that you're moving your body every single day is really important for working that stuff out and releasing all of the pent up things that we go through on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, Absolutely. nature, nature Absolutely. is a huge, um, just a huge tool for me. I try to get outside. I mean, every morning I go outside and I try to meditate for a few minutes and just listen to the birds because it's so pretty. I never even thought about birds until last year, but then, you know, COVID. And I actually like <laughs> got to start listening to the birds outside, you know, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. Uh, so I'll spend time doing that. Um, this morning I went for an hour walk, you know, out, out in nature. Everything's blooming right now. Um, nature is, Spring it's is such beautiful. a beautiful way to, Spring is beautiful. Just be in awe, which is good for your brain health. But also, you know, it really helps you embrace changes in life. I mean, I, I there's this place. It's the largest home in America. Um, I have a, a season pass there. So I go there every week. And 
flowers that were blooming last last week are already like dead and gone and like there's new stuff so every week it's something new you know the seasons like just embracing all of the seasons like we go through these deep dark times and then we come back to the light and so it goes that's life you know we we all have these struggles um we all have these losses we all have this pain that we carry you know this grief that we carry in us and um, it's important to like know that you're not alone and, and to be making choices regularly that help you feel better in your skin. You know, when you're out in nature, you're going you're gonna to feel the breeze on your skin. Vitamin D. Vitamin D is so important for your emotional health. so important. Health so, and so Im- important. Immunity. I mean, why the, f- why the, f- our our news outlets not talking about vitamin D. Everybody's talking about vaccines and wearing a mask and washing your hands. Not once have I ever heard anybody say anything about vitamin D except for those crazy people. They don't want us yeah. outside. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they don't want us outside. Getting outside and getting that little dose of sunshine. And, you know, in the wintertime, if it's rainy, I, I have a difficult time emotionally. Um, I could never live in Seattle. I, I could never do it. Um, but I take liquid vitamin D. You can you can grab some in most stores. You can grab it online. Mm-hmm. You know that's something that I utilize for my emotional health and and for immunity. Again, um, the spiritual practices. These are things. These are things that are like so yeah. simple. Thank you. Right? But like when we when we talk about it, yeah, like these are things that are so simple. And when we talk about it to to some people, it it's not like we're asking you to, you know, sit in a corner for two hours and close your eyes. Because yeah. that is hard. You know, that is hard. But right, but no, it's like go outside, enjoy nature, you know, exercise. Okay. You don't like to exercise. I get that. Go for a walk, you know, get a bike, go bike, you know, watch what you watch on TV. Don't watch terror movies, you know, don't watch off. that gang stuff. Turn the news off. <laughs> like, yeah, don't watch the news, you know, everything that you consume, literally, yes. like it's, it's, it, it plays a, bi- a big, big part and it's simple stuff. Like I'm saying, it's not like... You have to have surgery to heal something. It's not like you have to do a super hard practice. No, these are basic changes on your lifestyle that can make a complete difference. And, you know, it's it's so funny us sitting here talking about this because I remember being, I don't want to say on the other <laughs> side, but let me just say like, <laughs> like five years ago before, um, I remember if someone came to me, when someone came to me and talked about, oh, you know, let's, let's take a walk in a park. I'd be like, what? No, I don't want to walk in a park. Are we going to have beer? Like, do you have alcohol? Are we going to, you know, smoke some weed? Like, what is like walking a park? No, (laughs) you know, like, it's like, Walk in a park, like why would you willingly go and take a walk in a park? So these are literally like simple, basic stuff that you you start to to pay attention to when you actually stop drinking the beer. When you like, like it happened to most of us. 
think it happened. I feel like we all, not all of us, because I know a few people that started a while ago, but quarantine really, really um, made us stop completely. And it took away a lot of our coping mechanisms because if I was feeling a little bit sad, I'll grab my phone. I'm like, yo, do you want to go grab a beer? Do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to go to the movies? Do you want to go have dinner? And then I'll focus, you know, I'll redirect my, my energy to that event. And then I'll just complete and disregard whatever I was feeling before. And quarantine and COVID really took away that. And also for me, and also for a lot of people, that is a coping mechanism, like a big one. We all used to, whenever we would have a bad day at work, we would go for drinks after work, like simple stuff like that. And being stripped from that really makes us stop and, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. I can't do that. I probably shouldn't stuff my face with pizza five times a week since I'm stuck at home, <laughs> since I'm stuck at home. So I really need to sit and realize why am I feeling this way? Why am I, why are certain situations, you know, triggering me the way they are? Like what is happening? For me, that's how I had my spiritual awakening. I just got tired of my own bull crap. That's you how know, it usually I, happens. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got tired of behaving the same way and repeatedly losing, like when you were talking about losing relationships and the way you, you were acting through those relationship relationships and when you said that you were really sad that it happened that way and that you lost your friends that way and because you weren't able to communicate. Mm-hmm. That happened the same with me, you know. I lost so many people in my life because I just didn't know better. And I didn't know that I was doing the things that I was doing. And, you know, I look back today and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so from all of that, I really needed to stop and reevaluate myself. And I call it almost like a rebirth, you know, of a, of a new person, because now if I go back and have a conversation with someone that was from my, you know, four or five years ago, Mm -hmm. I'm a new person. I, you know, you probably talk to me and you're going to say like, I don't even know who you are. And I'm like, good. (laughs) That's exactly the point. I do not want you to remember me from the person that I used to be. So, you know, stopping and really focusing on what we're really thinking and the flags, like you say, the thoughts that continuously keep circling our heads, they are there for a reason. What are we doing? What are we eating? What time are we getting up? What time are we going to bed? How many hours do we spend on our phone? having pointless conversations, Attacking watching pointless and <laughs> yeah. listen, it's like a whole other that show. is like, the, <laughs> it's a Ooh. whole nother, like I can, I can never, I can never, like I could never understand how can you consciously <laughs> sit there, grab your phone and just write hate stuff to towards someone that you don't even know for the most part. So last year was like a that, whole, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could a never whole experience last year. And I, you know, I used to, 
I'm a little firecracker. I used to for sure like be one of those people that I thought I could change somebody's opinion by leaving a comment on their Facebook. Um, I'm not proud of it, but we all grow, you know, but I definitely felt like, oh, this person yeah. needs to change their mind. Let me tell them. No. <laughs> and after, <laughs> after last year, I really, after watching the way people like attack each other and, and I will say, you know, I'll own my stuff. Like there were a lot of things that happened in our country last year, you know, that, um, that needed to be talked yeah. about. And just seeing that and seeing the way people have treated others, you know, over, over COVID stuff. And, um, it really was an experience for me to be self-reflective about being up on my high horse, uh, because I have been on a high horse, you know, many times and I did not want to be that person anymore because quite frankly, like, again, the trying to make people change, you know, everyone is, is at their own pace and maybe it's a snail's pace. Um, and maybe they're never going to get there, but you know what? It is not my job to get them there. And the less energy that I spend trying to direct other people down their own path and I pull it into myself and I focus on what I'm doing, the more I can just try to lead by example. Um, I do not want, I haven't watched the news for years. I know what's going on. And I know that every single day there is something terrible in the news. You are never going to turn on the news and see this really amazing, bright see story, something good. you know, and there are so many heartbreaking things that, that we could focus on. Um, I'm a sponge. I soak stuff up and that's part of the reason I don't watch the news because I end up feeling completely fucking helpless. I end up feeling enraged for people and what they're going through. And I don't know what to do about it. So I'm going to get angry and point the finger at somebody else because they're not doing enough. And that's what happens on social media. It's what happens when we watch the news. And, you know, I have really thought about that in the past year of like how I want to present myself. And, and I know that, you know, sometimes it seems like people that aren't saying anything are in the wrong and, and I know for me, um, I have, I just decided to redirect my energy into things I can do and, and ways that I can help because you're not going to change somebody's mind online by arguing with them. So they might change their mind eventually after the universe gives them something, <laughs> some kind of gift. Um, yeah, but, but that's not, that's yeah, not how it's, it's not. And not um, it so works. I like one of the things to help with my own people pleasing uh, and not being able to speak up, like I became a volunteer in my community a couple years ago and I'm a child advocate. So for kids that have been introduced into the court system through like their, their caregivers or parents have been charged with abuse or neglect. Um, so they are now in a foster home or they're with another caregiver. Um, I am their voice in the courtroom. So I write, I meet with them. I meet the people in their family, whoever's in their life. And I write a report for the judge and, um, just let them know what I think is in the child's best interest. If they're old enough to tell me, I will ask them what they want, where they want to live. You know, if they're not, then I look at everything before me and, and I try to figure out what's going to be the safest, you know, for them, both physically and emotionally. And, um, it has really allowed me to 
work within an unjust system, you know, and, and have a voice, have a voice in a system yeah. that is fucking corrupt and it's wrong and be able to try to help on some level and, and to help the most vulnerable, to help the kids, the help kids that don't have a voice, don't have a choice, don't have anything to do with the stuff that is happening in their life, you know? Um, and, and that right. has really helped me. It's helped me get stronger in my voice because I had to speak for this little person that, you know, that's my whole job is to speak for them. And it doesn't matter if I'm scared, you know, like I've, I've testified before in court and I was terrified and, you know, the parent's attorney like really went at me, you know, but I didn't care. I didn't care because I knew that this little person like had suffered so immensely in his home. Um, you know, so that has really allowed me to direct my wanting to help people into something that is, is good. It is actually helping somebody. And, you know, so I, I would encourage, you know, for people out there that want to get like stronger in their voice or they want to commit to changing the world, like really doing something to make change, um, look in your community, figure it out. Like there, there are so many different, That's yeah, the like there's so many different causes there. Um, 10 years ago, I volunteered with uh, a rape crisis center and I was working with teenage girls and it was, it was the most, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It was so incredibly healing for me and my child self. And, and just as a young woman, you know, working with other little girls that could potentially be in the situations that I was in one day. And I really like told them, you know, like just really tried to encourage and empower them because, um, having just one person like on your path to believe in you, to encourage you, to tell you good things and like help you know and believe in your heart that you're good and you have worth. Um, everybody needs that. Every kid deserves that and not enough children actually have that, you know? So, so I think that you can, you can waste your energy on the internet fighting with strangers and being mean, or you can like, (laughs) get up and do something about the things that you don't like happening in the world. And the way that that starts is by getting involved in your community, you know, just small, just small steps, just small steps. That's all. That's, that's all it takes. You know, sometimes we, we think that we need to do something major and that's the, the, the first step to feeling helpless because when we try to do something major and then we realize that we actually can't do it, that's when we fall back and we're like, well, you know, I tried, but it's not like I can change anything. This The, the system is too deep. Like I can't. No. And like you just said, like the first step is to, to look around and look to the people that are closer to you. And if you are doing anything you can to, to help them, yeah. that's halfway through. You know, the, you don't, you don't hold this, this guilt that you, that you're, you're silent um, towards something that is happening around the world. No, it's just because you're not voicing your opinion towards yeah. that specific that specific situation. It doesn't mean that you're not doing other things to help those closer to you. Because I, I feel like when I found, um, I don't want to say like when I found, but we we spent a lot of a lot of 
time in our lives just trying to realize what is our passion, right? Or what 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 is what is our purpose? This is the word that I hear so many times. What is the purpose? What is my purpose? And sometimes like we try singing, we try dancing, we try painting, we try all of these things and it all comes down to helping people. When you actually stop and when you find something that you have or something that you can learn or something, whatever it is that is going to benefit the person next to you or that is going to benefit someone out there, that that right there, that is your purpose. No matter what it is, that is your purpose because that's why we're here. We're here to help each other. We're here to share whatever we have, even if it's just information with other people. And that, that was actually my purpose for this, um, for this podcast. That's when I, I, I hit it. That was my ha-ha moment because I was like, okay, this is definitely what I should be doing right now is I don't, like I keep saying, like, I, it's not like I have a major in any of these subjects. I didn't study any of this. I didn't go to school for any of it. All I did, I went on YouTube, I watched a couple of videos, I went through some shit in my life, and I decided and I, to talk I about love it. it. And I think that, you know, again, <laughs> that just having that curiosity, having that curiosity of, you know, a lot of people wait in that and like kind of wallow in it, like, I, I don't know what I'm here for. Like, man, pick something. Like, we can all be doing something. And it does usually stem from the shit that we go through and, and our pain and, I, I love what you're doing. I love your podcast. I love listening to your podcast because it's, you know, it is a Thank lot you. of people that um, <clears throat> the world needs right now. Like the world needs light working people and, and the people that are like spreading that good energy. And believe me, like, I don't think anybody's been through more shit than the people that are really like trying to be light workers and doing, you know, like, and spreading good energy. Like we have seen both sides. It's not just that we are putting our nose up and, and ignoring the things that are going on. You know, I think wow. that we, That's we so have true. felt pain on like such an incredibly deep level that, you know, this is our way forward. This is, what we can contribute, you know, and showing people that there is another way, <laughs> there is another, um, just another avenue that you can take, even if you have experienced all of these things. I mean, there's, there are people out there every day that are changing their story. They're changing their life. And that first interview <clears throat> you watched was Jose interviewing me. But if you look at my IGTV, I was able to interview him. He is incredible. Like he grew up in LA. He was part of a gang and he endured child abuse and he ended up doing prison time oh, wow. and just really like hitting rock bottom and wondering like, what the hell am I doing here? And now um, just a shout out to Jose at, at We're All One Story. Um, go follow them because he is going around the country interviewing people and giving them an opportunity to like stand in their truth and, and talk about the things that have hurt them and how they've gotten through that. And I think, you know, again, like for you providing this opportunity, providing this atmosphere, it's so important. And, and building this network, building a network of individuals that care about the same thing, that have the same goals that can help, you know, build the foundation for like other women 
to work up, you know, cause I hear like some of your, some of the other women, like you've Absolutely. interviewed, I told my husband, I was like, I think I might be one of the older people, like one of the older people that she's, she's interviewed. <laughs> you like, are, oh, man, these are just like babies <laughs> I'm working with. Um, but it's, it's such a refreshing thing to know that there are other women out there that are hearing these things at that age, you know, because that's when I started learning about it, you know, and, and I had a few people on my path that talked to me about shadow work and Saturn return and like all of these things. And, and that's, you know, part of why I've kind of built my program the way that I have to help women. You know, I, I seem to get women that are typically like mid thirties. Cause I think that like, once you hit your thirties, you're really going to get fed up with bullshit. <laughs> like <laughs> both your, both your own. And that's what everybody <laughs> tells me. I feel like I can't wait. <laughs> like, yeah. um, Come on. I know, am ready. But that's, I, I think <laughs> that um, it would be great if I can reach a younger population because, you know, the sooner that you can start changing the way you nourish yourself, both your body and your life, you know, with, with food, with relationships, um, with jobs, like the sooner that you start moving your body in a way that feels like devotion and not guilt and, you know, doing these things because you love your body and you want to honor it versus like, Oh, I have to be skinnier and wear a smaller jean size. Like, I used to be the skinniest bitch that was always like, I'm so fat, you know, and at the end of the day, that stuff does not matter. Like it is about honoring your body, honoring your body and being kind to your body and having gratitude for your body, you know, and, and with that goes your emotions, being kind to yourself and not, not being ashamed of the person that you used to be, not being, you know, angry and belittling and demeaning towards yourself because the majority of us that have been through trauma, you know, <clears throat> we have already been treated like that or, or treated, you know, like that by, by somebody else, like potentially a partner, potentially a parent, you know, somebody that made us just feel not enough. So right. why would you continue to do that to yourself? You know? And I, I say that in love because believe me, I did for many years. Like I, I continue to self-harm, you know, not just in cutting, not just in drinking alcohol, but my thoughts, like having such toxic and mean and cruel thoughts about myself for years. And I still struggle. I catch myself now a lot quicker though, you know, in the way that I talk to myself. And that's what I really, I want to help other women recognize is that like, you can change these thought processes. You can change these habits. You just have to decide, like, I'm done with this. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'm going to start something <laughs> new. And it doesn't you. happen overnight. And you're going to fall back into old patterns and you're going to catch yourself, you know, and you're just, you have the ability to like make better decisions, you know, and a lot of times, like we really, we look at so many of the situations, relationships in our life as, you know, we don't have a choice. We don't have a voice and it's not true. And, and people get angry as hell when you tell them that, you know, but it's not entirely true. Like there are small things that, that you can do. Um, and, and just surrounding yourself with good hearted people and like good lighted people. I mean, 
one of the biggest things for me in in my exactly. like rock bottom 2013 oprah oprah like saved my life i mean i it's funny because i grew up like with my mom watching oprah i'd come home after school and oprah's on you know and i never like cared back then but in 2013 i had cable for the first time in like 10 years <clears throat> and i had no job i had no job i had no car it was the dead of winter i had no paycheck i had no organic food i had nothing i was living in like a closet sized space <laughs> at you know at my family's which in and of itself was a lot, um, to go from being on your own and be completely autonomous to like having to ask somebody to take you to the store to buy groceries that you couldn't even afford. Like it was just such a miserable point in my life. Um, but I needed it and I learned a lot from it. Looking back in the middle of it, I wanted to die. I thought I was going to die. A part of me did die, <laughs> but one of the things, you know, that really helped me get through was hearing other people's stories, you know, so you creating the space is, it's so important. I used to, um, I used to watch super soul Sunday or open super soul Sunday. I was like addicted to it. And it's, I would hear these stories of people that had been through like just this crazy stuff or, you know, really painful stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I would go to the library. Cause like, Girl, there was no Barnes and Noble for like two hours. Like it's in the country, you know, um, I would go to the library and I would take out books from right. all these people that she had interviewed, you know, and then I would, I bought a bunch of notebooks and I would like take notes on what they had said, like helped them and what they did and how they reframed things and, and all of that stuff. And, and I kept myself so busy with that type of stuff. I would like run in the morning and I would run in the evening and I hate running. I'm not a runner. I'm like, I'm a thick girl. Like I don't run, but I did, you know, <laughs> I'll walk. Um, we'll walk. <laughs> so, so just, uh, like hearing other people's stories and, and just having that determination, that fire of like keeping going, it, it can do so much. And I think that what you're providing for people to just listen to, like anybody can listen to a podcast. I listen to so many podcasts Every week I listen to podcasts while I'm cooking. I listen, you know, maybe while I'm in the shower, I listen while I'm on my walks. <laughs> Tell them. Tell them. I, Tell I love them. your, I love your podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's so many ways that you can Thank learn you. from other people. And if you want to be a stronger, more confident woman, like look for women that are doing that stuff. Look for women that are like, you know what? I've never been to school for this, but I'm going to look it up on YouTube and I'm going to have my own damn podcast. That's badass. That is badass. <laughs> that is taking reins in your life and making a choice to do something differently, you know, and, and look how many people you're going to have an impact on. Like that's the interview you heard of mine. That was from last year. You know what I mean? So a year from now, like, that was amazing. That was that was a really really good interview. And uh, you guys go check it out, please. Yes. Um, Jose, his name, he made some wonderful questions. I loved his questions really, and um, it was very very inspiring. And the way you just told your story, it was like I was just taking all the bullets because you spoke directly to me. So. You guys, if you have the chance, go check it out because 
if you ever feel like you're the only one going through some sort of situation, I promise you there's always someone out there that I'm not saying it's going through the same thing that you're going through, but it's sharing the same pain that you are. And most of the times, like spaces like this, we express ourselves in ways that maybe you don't know how to express yourself. Um, I've heard, I've heard a few people say that sometimes they have these feelings and these emotions and they try to describe them and they can't because they can't find the words to it, or they don't even know how to put it together in a sentence. And I always encourage them to just and grab a, a piece of paper and just put it on paper. However it comes out, that's, that's what it means. You listen to a podcast, read a book, whatever you need. I'm pretty sure someone out there will have the words to describe exactly what you're feeling. You just have to put yourself in a position to, like your, um, like you say, it has to be um, intentional. You have to to be in a position where you want to, and where you want to find out what it means. Uh, how do I get better in? Just, just be confident. There's always someone out there that is is going to help you. Just gotta look for it a little That's deeper. <laughs> so, um, Stephanie, let's wrap things up. Um, listen, let me tell you something before we go. <laughs> this, listen, I could literally I sit here and I talk know. to you I for hours. You. We talked for... for so long yesterday too. <laughs> for hours it's like talking to you and the way you 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 word your experience the way you word everything that you have learned so far because this is also information that you gathered um along the way and it's just so beautifully put and like I keep saying you know it keeps, keeps coming straight to my heart <laughs> and I, I I I relate to it <laughs> I relate to it so um, so one last question before, actually I have this one and then I have something else that I want to ask from you, but, um, I want you to tell us, and if you have an advice for young women who are now starting their, their personal development journey, or if they, they had recently a spiritual awakening, what advice do you have for them? Oh God. I mean, the first thing is like, hold on, <laughs> just hold on. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to scare anybody, but it is tough. And, you know, I got to this place now where I can have these conversations by spending many, many nights crying on the bathroom floor, crying in the shower, crying in my car, on my knees, snot sobbing, praying like I don't know what I'm here for like what am I supposed to be doing and and praying has been such a beautiful tool for me and you can pray to whatever you want I pray to the people that have passed that that I know I know are looking out for me I know that they're guiding me I know that they are helping me make things happen here even though they are you know in another realm um if you don't have somebody you don't you know you've never experienced that thankfully um just pray just pray about like needing help and needing answers you know you can ask for your spirit guides to come to you and help you and 
ask and you shall receive, you know, praying, hold on and, and don't give up on yourself. You know, there've been a lot of times that, oh my gosh, I just had no idea how I was going to make it through. I didn't think that I was going to make it through. And quite frankly, there were times that I didn't want to make it through. Um, you will, you will, and you can, like, you just have to, you know, keep holding on and, and know that like, even if you're in a bad position, it's not always going to be that way. And I know it's really hard to look at what it might be trying to teach you in the moment that usually comes afterwards, you know, um, trust that, that things are happening for your, your best self, your highest self to come out. You know, I wish that, um, I could have had a little bit more trust while I was going through those things, but, um, I would definitely say, you know, praying, praying to your angels, because the more often you do that, the more often you're going to get signs and pay attention to them and, and follow those like little crumbs, you know, because it does help you navigate your path in a, in a much, um, much easier way. And, and don't forget your power. Don't let other people talk you out of your self-worth and your self-love. Um, Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I totally, totally relate to what you're saying that that first um, bump that we hit is, is definitely hard. And since our, our conscious mind works with goals and with physical things that we can see, and we always want to, to reach something, our conscious mind always, I mean, I'm sorry, our unconscious mind always works towards goals and always makes us continue always makes us continue um with the promise that okay we're gonna get there and then we're gonna get this and then this is gonna happen for you if you just work this way and if you do that and when you start um this journey and you you actually start being present in, in everything that you do you you have to just, like Stephanie said, just be patient because not all the time you're going to see On that note, anything. I will add that <laughs> redirection is protection. There are so many dreams I thought were mine and I deserved, and they were not my dreams. I was, suppo I was supposed to be a forensic anthropologist and criminal profiler. And I'm not, this is what I'm doing. And I know that it's what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'll tell you, I chased that dream for 13 years, 13 years. And that was 13 years of getting denied. Wow. So, you know, at, at some point, if you are <laughs> on, on a journey somewhere and you're wondering why things aren't happening, it might not be your dream. It might not be what you're supposed to be doing, no matter how badly you want it. And I know that that's really difficult to hear, but trust that, you know, a job turning you down or, you know, a boy turning you down, like it's the universe saving you on some level. Like really believe that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is the best advice you can get you guys. Trust me. This is definitely the best advice. Um, so 
us tell us about your upcoming projects your your aspirations um and also let us know where we can find you you know your facebook instagram yeah, um, you know your social can check me out i'm on facebook let us and know. instagram it's intentional holistic healing um intentional because again like you have to want to be in this process, you know, holistic, I really work on body, mind, and soul care with women and, um, healing is, it's a verb, it's an action. I don't think you're ever fully done with it. You know, um, I'm, I'm still peeling back things and, and I'm always healing. I'm always progressing. Um, my website is intentionalholistichealing.com. You can email me, Stephanie, at intentionalholistichealing.com. I'm probably most active on Instagram. I've got tons of videos on Instagram TV. So if you want to learn a little bit more about my process and, you know, why I chose this path, what I do with clients, definitely check those videos out. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, Intentional Holistic Healing. I've got about four followers. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on getting videos up there. Um, but I Guys, am, go follow so her. I'm actually, I'm working on relaunching my program this year. Um, I made some changes and stuff the past few months and I'm going to start accepting clients again in June. Um, I haven't even put that on my website yet or my Instagram. <laughs> so if, yeah, if you're oh, listening, I am gonna we're getting it up. first. Um, seeing more clients in June and I'm probably only going to take eight clients because eight's just my number this year. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite numbers, but I think I'm going to work with eight clients and I'm going to have two programs. So one is going to be three months and it's primarily around education around body, mind and spirit healing, a lot of, you know, trauma healing stuff. And that is really for people that are maybe wanting to dip their toes in, but aren't too sure yet about coaching, but Believe me, once you get into that, you're going to need some coaching. You're going to want some coaching. So I'm also offering a six-month <laughs> program, and that's going to be a combination of the three months of education and then also three months of coaching. So we would do educational week, a coaching week, and, and so on. Um, I'm really excited. You know, my program is designed to, one, educate and empower you because I think that the more we know, the more we know, the better choices, you know, we can make for ourselves, the more choices we have um, with that information. And I think that there is so much, you know, I've watched so many of my clients in the past, once they have that education of how the brain and the body react during and, and long after trauma, it releases so much shame and guilt for them. And it's such a beautiful thing to see them let that weight, you know, off of, off of their chest. And and then we dive into the tools. We dive into the things that have really worked for me um, and not just the things that have worked for me, but a very well-rounded, you know, uh, a bucket of, of information of things that you can kind of tools that you can choose from. So we dive into nourishment stuff, movement, body work. So not just massage, but acupuncture and Reiki and, and all of those things and why they're important for the body, nature, you know, the spiritual aspect, like we really dive into some inner child healing. We, we dive into the speaking to your, your spirit guides and, and all of those things. I'll say hands down, um, the spiritual aspect has been such a huge motivator for me and, and a confidence instiller, you know, that has really helped. And, um, yeah, my, my goal is just to help other women that have been through this path, um, 
understand that they're not alone and you don't have to keep having the same bad relationships. And you can also, you know, have a, yeah, a wonderful partner. There's a way out. I'll say this. A lot of, a lot of people think that finding your Mr. Right or whatever is like the end all be all hell no. That is, I have done the most work of my life with my husband (laughs) because he has created a space for me that is so safe and encompassing and loving for me to finally like let all my stuff go and nothing is going to bring up your stuff like a partner you know a a safe and healthy partner for you um so yeah if if you have questions please message me um I'm going to start you know advertising you know for the for the June opening in the next few weeks uh, but definitely reach out if you have questions I know also that this is really scary. I know that just, I know that, you know, (laughs) just probably going on my website, it probably makes your palms sweaty and gets you anxious in your chest. And, you know, you might be wondering whether or not this is the thing for you. Just call me and ask. We, I, uh, I offer a free 30 minute discovery call so we can talk about, you know, the issues that are coming up in your life and whether or not this is something, um, that I would be able to help you with or, or maybe refer you somewhere else. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty transparent about my journey. And I think that, you know, you can really get to know me through my Instagram and find out if I'm, if I'm the right coach for you and having somebody who has been there is key. You know, I've, I've been through so much childhood trauma stuff and I see the way it plays out in our adult relationships. I understand how sexual trauma can really hold you back in your life and, and create these cycles of fear And I also understand what it's like to get one of those calls, Um, not just one, but many, you know, I've had many of those calls that just knock the wind right out of you and you're never going to be the same after that, you know? So I understand pain and grief on a, on a level that thankfully a lot of people don't, Um, (laughs) you know, but I, I would love to provide space for you. Well, so, um, keep an eye out for, for Stephanie's program. You definitely won't regret it. As you could hear, she got a handful of good, good stuff to share. And I'm pretty sure she, she could help you the same way she helped me. Listen, <laughs> I'm getting out of this, um, this conversation um, with so, so many, I don't know, just so many insights, you know, and, and, and different perspectives on, on things that maybe I was just too stuck on, on my own ways and my own thoughts and, and hearing you speak about the same thing and hearing you, um, just share your story and your perspective and the way you are helping these women, um, traumas, uh, really opened my mind to, you know, take care of my own stuff and (gasps) stop ignoring my, my little nudges. Um, so there, there we have it. So Stephanie, thank you once again. Thank you so, so much. I could sit here and literally talk to you for hours. You guys, I don't want to sound repetitive because I feel like I see this every interview, but I, you know, it's not my fault. These people are amazing. Thank you. I yeah, definitely I think, want you back. I think we have a lot of different <laughs> things that we could totally chat on. I'm, I'm down for that. And I'm super, super grateful. One that, you know, you have created the space for, 
for other healers to come forth and, and share their information. And just, um, for me to, to safely tell my story and, and share, you know, um, the things that have happened to me and, and how it's helped me. I hope that, I hope everybody that listens, you know, takes something from this and, and applies it in their life, you know, thank you. That's what we want. That's, that's all we're doing here. Y'all. We just, trying to help you live a more peaceful and calm life, as my intro says. So once again, you guys, thank you so much for coming back. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Stephanie, do you want to say a last word to our uh, listeners yeah, before we go? Yeah, just definitely give me a follow and, and uh, <laughs> listen to Sylvie's podcast more because they're, they're really fantastic. And I appreciate you sitting all the way through this. And, and again, I hope that you, um, if you take anything from this, I hope that you believe in yourself more and just trust, trust those nudges that are coming into your life. And maybe, maybe there's a reason that you're supposed to hear this. However, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, look at that. <laughs> How did this become about me? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> It was supposed to. I know it was meant to be. I see you, universe. Thank I see you. you. I know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, you guys, thank you so, so much. And I'll see you on my next one. Bye.